You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update for the week of October 22nd, 2018. All right, we are live. We are live. Hello, everybody. This is Claire. Hello, this is Tony. Hope everybody's doing well. We are here to talk about voting. Yay! Um, vote. The elections are in two weeks? Just, just under two weeks, Just yeah. under two weeks. It's crazy. It would have been two weeks when we originally recorded this, but this is a re-record. We had a little technical difficulties, so... Uh, which is why it's coming on a Wednesday. Apologies, everybody. Yeah, but this means this will probably be better. Take number two. You learn, so... You learn, and it's more relevant, more timely. That's right, exactly. Um, so, voting. Um... Maybe we can start with some of our own experiences. So voting is huge. You know, we, we're a democratic republic, right? Am I saying that right? So we vote and we elect our representatives to go in and do their thing. Um, and that's what's going on this, this time around. Um, so, Tony, do you remember one of the first times you voted? I do. I do. It was, uh, in fact, one of my first memories was an election which is kind of cool. That is cool. I like, like that. I remember um, making a little poster uh, around, for my second grade classroom, around the 2000, no, not the 2000 election. <laughs> I think you're a little bit older I'm than that. I'm only 12 years old, everybody. <laughs> no, uh, gosh, it was the 1980 election. That nice. Was very, wow, the 1980 yeah, was, election. That was a long time ago. That was a while ago. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I was uh, in, in second grade then. Wow, that was a long time ago. But I do remember my first time I voted was in sixth grade. Nice. And it was not for anything official. It was, well, it was official to us. It yeah. was for the school president in middle school. That's that's important at that six. age. And yeah, yeah, it was important. And we were the state of insanity or something like each Each class got a state and, you know, we were, you know, was and it was, it was really to teach us, I think, the electoral college. Mm-hmm. And so we voted for the school president. We all gathered in the auditorium. And there was... Uh, you know, no accessibility at all for that election. Yeah. But but then, yeah, my first election, the first big, when I got to wear my, my big boy pants and vote <laughs> in a real election was the 92 presidential election. I was 19. And nice. I, was, uh, I was a freshman in college, and that was exciting. I so. like that you said that you um, didn't vote, you know, privately or secretly or whatever word you wanted for your school elections because that's how it was, you know, pre-ADA and pre-several other laws that we'll talk about today. So, you know, if you were blind or had another disability, you wouldn't, you know, have the ability necessarily to vote um, confidently, privately, secretly, whatever, you know, adverb you want to use. Um, which is huge, you know, that's our right as Americans to, to go into that little voting booth or whatever it is and cast your ballot and nobody else has to know. It so. is, it, I feel like the only, the first time I ever feel like I truly independently had a, a secret ballot vote was the 1-800 toll-free numbers for American Idol when I would call <laughs> in and and Democracy at yeah, work. it was yeah. democracy at work that I yeah. really felt like no one knew that I really liked this person, you know, that I was a Ruben Stutter fan. Um, we might have to talk about that later. No, but, but yeah, so that was that was exciting. Yeah, no, it's huge. Uh, but, yeah. it, but it is, and we'll talk a little bit about that, about alternative voting, I think, toward the end. Yeah. Some of the things that tie into voting and some of the new technologies and ways that they're trying to make it alternative ways to vote. And we've even talked about that within our own internal organization, that, you know, within our own infrastructure at yeah. ACB about voting. Yeah. Because it is, you know, our democracy as a country, as new as it was with the way that they set it up, has really replicated itself. And this goes into what you mentioned, ADA, like schools and everywhere. You know, 
we as a country make decisions by the vote. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So it's it's accessibility, but. You hear it all the time, like as kids, you know, we always say, well, this is a democracy. It's something so, you know, ingrained into our minds. And as a parent, I say, no, it's not. (laughs) As somebody with two young boys, I'm like, you think that. (laughs) And sometimes we realize with the Electoral College how, how, you know, well, it's not as democratic as we think. Yeah. But we are lucky that we do have rights now. And, And so, and with only 13 days when this drops from the mid year congressional election. You know, which is which is a very critical election that oftentimes doesn't get nearly as much turnout. Which is so important. We're going to talk a little bit about it. I can even talk about it now that we all hear all the time in the news how um, low the turnout rate is, especially like Tony was saying for the congressional elections or the, um, you know, not the presidential elections. But if you look at the statistics, then the number of people with disabilities or the blind community is even smaller than that. So you take a really low number and then you, I don't know if cut in half is the right fraction, but you know, it's much lower. And, um, we can talk about all the different reasons for that. And a lot of them are not by choice. It's, you know, lack of resources to get to your polling place, um, misunderstanding about accessible voting, and we could go on and on. So it's really, really um, a tough thing to comprehend that when the voting numbers are already so low, then the representation of the blind vote is even smaller. And you know, we, we want, again, it's a republic, we want people to represent us. And when we're a low number, are they really representing, you know, our needs and our desires and things like that? So. It is crazy to think that I mean, because I, I lived in Mexico for a while, and there was, like, early 90s in Mexico, there was a huge upheaval politically, and, and you know, there were, you know, um, I remember 94, you know, the presidential candidate got assassinated. Like, you know, there was real serious stuff that isn't yeah. that long ago. And But I was there in 2000 when they had their presidential election, and they had huge turnouts at the poll when they elected Vincente Fox. Uh, and... And, and it was it's interesting to be in another country where, uh, you know, when there is when there is a huge surge, a populist surge in a sense, how how that really hits at the polls and the elections. And, and you kind of think as an American, like, wow, we, we you know, a third of our country is kind of there, you know, at the presidential elections, you get more mm-hmm. input weighing in. But it's yeah, it's kind of it's, it's hard sometimes when you go internationally and you see how there are huge turnouts. Yeah. Of course, too, there's also huge issues with voter fraud where you're like, well, this person had 97% yeah. of the vote. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on there? And yeah. we're, we're, you know, at the U.S., we're so split almost 50-50. What was it, Virginia last year? That's uh, right. In Virginia, it literally election. came down to one, one vote. vote. And then that, and then they, they, they had a tie that needed to be broken in the House Assembly, you know, the legislature, yeah. state, the House legislature that was they picked a name out of a hat because it was such a tie that they had to pick a name out of a hat determine who has power the republicans or the democrats in virginia so this myth of people not going to the voting booth because their vote doesn't matter is is a complete yeah virginia is a great example it's it happens your vote really does count yeah. And um, like I was saying, there's a lot of reasons why people with disabilities or the blind community don't go to vote. Um, and a lot of, for a big number of it, it's not because the people don't want to vote. Um, when we taped yesterday, I was talking about the fact that as somebody who's blind with a lot of privileges, it's still tough. You know, I have to either take paratransit or buy, you know, 
get an Uber, um, get to the, the polling place, you know, find out where I go inside to go and vote, et cetera, et cetera. And I have a lot of privileges. You know, I have the resources to pay for that Uber. I have the orientation and mobility skills to find my way in. And so many people in the blind or visually impaired community don't have those. So for me, you know, it can be a, frust a frustrating thing to do. I can't even imagine what it can be like for other people who well, people live in other places. That yeah, that's By true. By the way, yep. I expect you in at 7 a.m. that day. Oh, okay, Phil, no, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 take the day off and vote, please. That's right. It's, and, and, you know, it's important. My hope is that people do get the day off, but not everybody does. So yeah. even then, it's like, you know, voting could make you lose money for some people. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the law. Um, we have lots of laws out there, which is great to ensure that people with disabilities have the, um, the ability to go out and vote. Um, so, Tony, do you know any of the laws that um, enable people with disabilities to have accessible voting? I feel like I'm back in second grade in yep. school now. <laughs> oh, pick me, pick me. Anthony Stevens, what is the law? <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. The the laws for accessible voting? Mm -hmm. There's I quite mean, the a few. big one. The big one is the Help America Vote Act. Yeah, which is huge. HAVA, as a lot of people will call it, passed in 2002. Um, kind of was the product of a lot of what happened in the 2000 elections. Um, Bush v. Gore, that was a big one in the Supreme Court as a result of the um, the election. Do you remember that election? I do, do remember, remember that one. I was 12 years old. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, I remember all the... The hanging chads. The hanging chads. Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't couldn't vote yet, obviously, but I do remember it being all over TV. So, um, HAVA came out as a result in 2002, and it covers a lot of different things, not just um, access for people with disabilities, but that was a huge portion of it as well mm. that we'll talk about um, that really helped bring about... One of the big things was to make sure we had accessible voting machines. Uh, which Tony and I can both talk about using ourselves and how exciting they are. Um, but before HAVA, there's a couple other um, pieces of uh, law that ensure that we have the right to vote. So the big one we always talk about here is the Americans with Disabilities Act, which is huge. Um, good old Title II. Good old Title II that covers state and local governments. So that means if you're voting in a uh, you know your home mayor election or a gubernatorial election, Title II is going to cover that. Um, but we obviously also have the federal elections. So we've got the Rehabilitation Act. Um, what's the other one I saw that I'd never seen? It is called... The 1984... Yes. Um, uh, the, voting the accessibility, accessibility for the elderly and handicapped of 84. We talked yesterday about how uh, appropriate it is that it's 1984. Yeah. Um, with the great dated name as well. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly. We don't use that word anymore. Um, and it had a lot to do with physical access. So for our peers with physical disabilities, but also just looking at other types of access to um, those of us in the blind community being, you know, access to the voting machines themselves, etc. So... So HAVA, um, again, we talked about a little bit about what it was, um, and one of the big things HAVA did is get those beautiful accessible machines. Um, when we were talking about it yesterday, I said, the last time I heard the machine, it had some fancy schmancy name like the Voting Master 5000. It reminded me of like RoboCop. Yeah, or some exactly. Science fiction name. Like it I forget what the actual it one slices, is. It slices, it dices, <laughs> it'll cast your ballot in. And more. They're pretty yeah. cool. Do you want to talk about your experience, Tony, with the Well, machines? yeah, because they're, they're kind of following a uniform standard now. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a few manufacturers of devices, and those that are listening to this that are, like, you know, 
sort of state affiliate leaders. Uh, you know, the, there, there are folks that have really helped craft these. Um, so we, we give hats off to all of our state leaders that have really been working with some of these these developers. Yes, yes. To work towards making these accessible because that that's really helped make the difference. So, uh, but but again, I think we'll we'll hear the frustrations as well that not yeah. everything is perfect. And what do we do when we realize that there are imperfections and we feel like we're not being able to get at true access? But in the sense of what we do in Maryland, where I live up in Baltimore, it's it's the classic little thing connected to a computer terminal that has the keypad that reminds me of the old talking book players with the huge buttons that's like an arrow that like, you know, I mean, they're, they're very much, you know, uh, meant to, to not be misunderstood that this is directly going to the left and this is to the right and yep. up and down arrows and the inner key with the headphones that, that never seem to work. Yeah. Uh, or at least when you get there, the volume is not set right. And, and with my polling station, we're, we have a very small fire department where we're the polling station. Uh, they pull the fire truck out in downtown Baltimore and sit it out on the street so we can line up and vote by the fireman's pole. I love the fact that our fire department still has a fireman's pole. I think that's completely cool. So <laughs> that's awesome. I, it's, think I, I love to go vote because I get to like check out the firehouse. Fire. Yeah, I know? think I was at an elementary school the last time I voted. Yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, so we will uh, you know assemble there and vote, and it's the little machine off to the side. You don't get to hang out with everybody else, uh, which is kind of a thing, you know. The, the, it's it's. I guess a separate but equal solution, yeah. even though anybody can maybe be using it. But you go in, you sit down, you plug in your headphones if they're working, uh, or if there's someone around you that knows how to work them. And which is the, another thing you know, we'll talk about. Which is another issue we'll yeah. talk about. And then you scroll through, and it's like, you know, you have to accept to start, and then you scroll through and listen to each thing in its entirety. It's a completely linear system. You have to listen to everything, including all the resolutions. Uh, that are be, the referendums that are being voted on, uh, as well as all you know, six or twelve judges. You just don't, you can't do a clean slate. I remember it, when I was in Chicago, kind of the first time I had it, uh, my real independent, where where I was able to vote by myself. And we could talk. I'd be curious to know yours as well, experience. Yeah. But it was you know you could vote by like almost like a slate. You know, in Chicago, they were very with the wards and things like that. Uh, you kind of voted party line. Um, but this, you have to listen to everything and you go through and it, it is, um, time consuming versus a sighted person's experience where you could probably look at, look at the, your ballot and just see right away everything at once, kind of digest it at once here. You have to just sit and be patient and wait, but it, it forces me in retrospect that I need to go ahead and download the, the PDF document now from our board of elections in Baltimore to figure out everything. Cause I feel like. It really reminds you, I, I don't know half the people on this. Yeah. And it makes, exactly. you know, even that, you know, we are in the, quote, biz of politics. And it makes me feel stupid sometimes because I don't, I don't know everybody. I hate to admit that. But uh, I need to do a better job this year of researching every candidate. Yeah, uh, all the they're, people they're, who are out there. And that's yeah. where it really makes a difference. And I think people forget about, you know, it's, yeah, the big elections. You might say, oh, well, so-and-so is clearly going to win because I live in a city that says, but you start getting down to where there's like eight or nine people that maybe have the same political ideologies and you have to choose three. Um, and they can really, they make just as an important in, impact on your life. If you get a, a ticket or you're in, you know, uh, dealing like a family court situation or yeah. things like that, you know, these are the people that really make a difference in our lives day to day. Yeah. Not in the big macro $1.7 trillion government spending side of things. Yeah. So. 
So yeah, so that but it's the it's the type of machine that you've got to scroll through, and is it like that in DC? What's your DC like? Yeah, in fact, I think if I remember correctly, last year I went to a, a preview of looking at the machine. I think they said Maryland and DC use the exact same machine, or at right. least Montgomery County, which is north just uh, north of DC. Um, and so yeah, and I remember being really excited the last time I voted to do it independently because when I was younger, I'm 30 now, when I was younger, I didn't even know and understand what an accessible machine was. Um, And of course, you know, HAVA was passed in 2002, so they didn't come out right away. Um, And so my first few elections, I just voted via absentee ballot and had someone fill it out because I didn't know what my rights were Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, which don't get me wrong, I was so glad to vote. You know, I still took that very seriously. But I didn't have that independence, and I didn't have the secret ballot. Um, so for fun, I can tell you my first election I could vote for was the gubernatorial election. I'm from California, and it was when Schwarzenegger first ran. So ah. that's right, a good old governator. Oh, um, no. But I can tell you proudly, I did not vote for the governor. So I did not. No, I did not. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's really important. I remember another time I voted. Um, I'm a California native, like I just said, and we are infamous for having 20,000 propositions on our ballot. And I remember a friend helping me out, and I voted yes on one of the propositions. And my friend said, how could you vote for that? That's so stupid. And I remember thinking, man, this is my right to vote the way I want to vote, you know? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Because I remember, like, there there was one that was, like, Prop 184. Mm -hmm. Like, when they have that many, like, 184, are there 184 things on the ballot? Or is it like that's like how we get bill numbers introduced and then eventually some get finalized? I think it's the latter because, yeah, we definitely did not have have 184 things things to vote for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's a lot of stuff because it's, yeah, it can get lengthy with those those type things. Yeah, yeah. Um, So talking about the the machines again, um, you know, it's great that we have these awesome accessible machines, but two other issues we have to think about are the maintenance of the machine and then the training of the the poll workers. Um, I remember when I went in for the um, primary, I think it was, um, telling the woman, oh, I need the accessible machine. You could kind of tell she was like, oh, um, uh, let me go talk to somebody. So that's really important too because... You know, we have these great volunteers who go to the polls, but, you know, are they trained? And, you know, heaven forbid you have this fancy schmancy voting 5,000 in the corner and they don't know how to work them. Well, then, you know, what's the point? Um, have you had any issues with that, Tony? I, I have, yeah. That, that's been a big a big issue. I, in fact, I got so excited once because I got frustrated in Prince George's County, which is a county in the just northeast of D.C., where I was living a couple elections ago, um, I, I I had that experience where the person knew had no idea no how to idea. use the machine, yeah. and it was one of those that like had to print the little thing out, and then and then they were kind of like bumbling with like, well, do we? He has to put it in the machine himself, and you know, but I'm like, could you at least show me where the machine is? Yeah. Like it was, it was unfortunately a, a, a high level of ignorance. And, and it's hard because these people are all volunteers, so mm-hmm. I don't blame them directly. I blame their supervisor who did not train them. Yes, you know? exactly. So I'm not angry at them. But I shot a tweet to the PG Board of Elections and, and kind of got an immediate reply, which is a smart strategy when we talk about complaints. We'll have to remember to bring it up. Is you know, If you're going to have experience that's going to be bad, uh, find out your Board of Elections Twitter handle or a Facebook post 
or at a minimum an email if you do social media uh, and if you're listening to podcasts hopefully maybe you have some social media account as well you know and, and where you can just tag them publicly and it, it you I was surprised with how quickly I kind of got a response because they don't want the bad press nor the lawsuits or the you know or, or in this case it, it has to go through we'll talk about it, the complaint process shortly yeah. but but yeah it was it was it was kind of embarrassing because I was kind of like by that point I was wearing my big advocate hat you know yeah. and uh, was kind of shocked that I lived in a progressive town in PG that was supposed to be very inclusive of everybody but they were very bumbling with a blind person yeah another issue we see related to that is the lack of maintenance um, you know we we generally only vote every two years or might be a little more often depending on your your local um, elections going on but regardless you're not you know voting every day every week and so these machines I don't know I always picture them going into a closet somewhere I'm sure there's something more official um, but they sit around and you know whatever happens and they aren't maintained you might pull them out for the election and suddenly oh no, they're not working. We actually had a, a consumer who called in and said something similar in, um, in his local elections. And so you can say, oh, we spent all this money on this beautiful machine, but oh no, it's not working now. And here comes the day you're supposed to vote and it's not working. So um, maintenance is another huge thing that needs to be remembered. And I hate nothing more than the complaint about, well, we bought this equipment and nobody came and used uh, it. Yes. I mean, you know, there are other ways to vote now, and I didn't. I didn't do a poll voting until I mentioned, you know, my first vote in Chicago. Maybe it was two thousand two or two thousand four when I was living in Chicago. But where the first time I got to like go in the booth, you know. Yeah, the fancy booth. The fancy booth, and everything else before that was, I would go before the election to the election board office and do an absentee vote that they would sit there and fill out for me there, that they would you know sit down and and so there was nothing private about it. Yeah. Uh, I had to do that when I was in New York City as well, um, have someone sit down and fill out the form and then have to do an affidavit, say, you know, uh, you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it was kind of how it was. But, but yeah, it, it's for me, it's like the broken headphones. That's happened a couple times. Yep. Mm -hmm. Where you're like holding it to one ear and it's all crackly. Yeah, so Tony is talking about, you know, these situations where he tweeted and, you know, made a statement. There's a lot of ways that you can um, put out there your experiences, and we greatly encourage people, or at least I do, to, to report it right away. You know, don't leave and go, well, that that was an unfortunate situation, whatever. No, and, report it right away. And tag at ACB National. Again, at ACB National is our Twitter handle, and Facebook is American Council of the Blind official I think is what it is I think so yeah um, so uh, you know American Council of the Blind officials are Facebook but but tag us if you do make a complaint because that way we can get looped into it and we'll obviously weigh in as well on our end as well if you have any experience that's negative be sure to make sure you include us in any social media or anything yeah please do um, there's a lot of um, groups out there that are responsible for monitoring the polling sites to make sure they're accessible um, right there and then you know the day of and even prior to that if you know you have early voting um, one of the organizations that is actually responsible for uh, watching the sites are the protection and advocacy system they're kind of the legal aid of the disability rights world, and it's their responsibility to do so. Um, so um, look up who your, every state has their own protection and advocacy system. Just Google 
protection advocacy in your state name it'll pop up um, google them if you have any issues and um, a lot of them are actually there in person um, present the day of so know who they are because they can explain and uh, help you out with that on the day and take reports so don't you know wait six months they're there the day of to help you with that kind of thing yeah. Um, I have a list of a few different other um, organizations you should call. Department of Justice has an information line, and they do um, a reporting the day of, so you can call them at 1-800-514-0301. Again, that's 1-800-514-0301. Um, the people who are charged under uh, the HAVA to help are the elect excuse me, the Election Assistance Commission or the EAC. Look the EAC up, that's their responsibility. There's something else called the ADA National Network. They do technical assistance. If you go to their website at ADA Info, they have lots of different uh, technical assistance documents on what voting is or accessible voting is supposed to look like. You can call them at 1-800-949-4232. Um, so you can see there's tons of different um, organizations out there that you can report to, that you can get technical assistance ahead of time. So take advantage of those because they're there to make sure that you have the right to vote. Um, yeah, so just as a kind of a closing, uh, what's so important? Know the law, you know, know what, what your uh, rights are as a voter. Um, it is 2018, we have HAVA, you have the right to vote. So make sure you know that, make sure you know what the laws are and tell your friends. Definitely. Yeah. What what um are you are you going to be because an area that I think in in focusing on now we had a resolution this summer folks can go to our website acb.org uh, to look up the 2018 resolutions on the the more absentee voting how yeah you know we are moving away from the polls and it creates for me it creates kind of a dilemma because uh, we don't want people to keep using the argument use it or lose it like why are there if you're not using, you know, we buy all these machines and then you're not showing up to the polls because Americans in general are finding alternative ways to vote. Yeah. You know? uh, the numbers are significantly rising and there's there's votes, you know, there's what is it, Democracy Live or, or there's a there's an organization that creates some of these absentee ways to vote, mm -hmm. alternative ways to vote. Yeah. And, and that's becoming more popular. Very so. popular. Sorry, Mom, I'll throw you, throw you under the bus, but she always says, I'm not going the day of I vote ahead of time. I know, so it's true. It's popular. Which is nice to beat the lines, yeah. you know, or to do, um, you know, a, a mail-in ballot. Uh, but but it's good to it's good to have to be seen, in yeah. a sense. So, you know, for our advocates out there, you know, that can get to the polls, please try to make a visible uh, statement just by being present. Yeah. Huge. And that's a powerful message to be had because it is, like I said, I've had the opportunity to live in other countries and, and seen some of the hardships in other parts of the world. And we are very, at the end of the day, despite all the political heated rhetoric these days, we are still an extremely fortunate and, and lucky country. Yeah. And it's all it all hinges on our democracy, which is exercised by our right at the ballot. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully the weather will be nice. Yeah. We'll see yeah, what we'll happens. have to see. So, uh, yeah. and and we'll do maybe a little a follow up. We will have an election around the office to figure out. Uh, maybe we'll bring lunch in that day for since uh, you know folks that are around uh, that can get in. You know, if you if you are coming into work, uh, we'll take a ballot on 
what Uber Eats or uh, Grubhub wins. <laughs> Democracy so, at work. Democracy at work. Now I'm trying to think now, what do I want to vote for for lunch today? <laughs> Food. All right. Uh, good enough. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Great. Thanks, everybody. Keep advocating. Keep right voting. On. You've been listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. For questions or comments, email advocacy at acb.org. Learn more about the American Council of the Blind by visiting our website at www.acb.org.